Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come and join us at 10am every Sunday. I need it. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for what you've put um, on Neil's heart um, as he's been uh, preparing for today. And I want to pray, Lord, that you would impact us this morning. Thank you that when you speak to us, you speak to us as your children. And uh, it doesn't matter what age, you, age we are, you want to speak into our lives. And so we pray, Lord, this morning as, as Neil speaks, you would speak into our very hearts. Amen. Amen. I was just um, doing my daily readings a couple of weeks ago and read this miracle of Jesus. And it's, I suddenly thought, I could do that with the kids. Uh, and so here we are. So we have to imagine that we are in Jerusalem. Jesus is in Jerusalem. And uh, what I want to do this morning is I want to uh, do the story about Jesus healing the man at the pool of Bethesda. So this is the pool of Bethesda. And we should have some pictures at the back of what it was like in Jerusalem at that time. If we can turn this first row of lights off, that would be good. Just make it a bit easier to see. (laughs) That's it, that's fine. So the, the interesting thing, if you're a historian is that lots of people argued for many years that there was no such place as the Pool of Bethesda. And it wasn't until 1888, can you believe that, that they actually found the Pool of Bethesda. It was uncovered, and believe it or not, it was exactly as John had written. Exactly the same. So that's what we're going to do this morning. Now, I need some people to help me out. First of all, I need someone to be Jesus. Who is going to be Jesus? This is a speaking part. Yeah? Come on then. Right. So you're Jesus, and your bits are in red, and you need to go to Julia to get your props. Then I need someone to be the sick man who is laid on his bed. Come on then. This is a reading part. You okay reading? Yep. (laughs) Can someone confirm that? (laughs) So that's your bit in blue, all right? I'll help you go and see Julia as well. Right, Jesus needs to have this. Oh, nearly in. There you go, that's yours. Right, and then I need some Jewish leaders. I think we've got three. Yep, one, two, anyone else? We'll have four. Let's have four. That's okay. Right, come here. Yeah, come, both of you, that's fine. We can have lots of Jewish leaders, that's fine. One of you has got to say something, though, in the green there. That's what you've got to say, all right? You're going to say it? Okay. So you need to go to Julia and get your... Yes. 
Right, and then I need an angel of the Lord. Come on then. Now, my idea was that I was going to hang a piece of rope <laughs> over here and the angel of the Lord was going to come down into the pool. And Julia said I couldn't do it because of health and safety or something. I thought it was a brilliant idea. So, hold on a sec. Where's Ruth? Ruth, can you come and sort these out? There you go, keep your arms still. Under his arm, does it go like that? Right, now any children that are left, I need you to come and lay around this pool. Adults can come as well, it's not a problem. Right, which one are you? Right, this is your mat, so you need to lay down on this mat. Oh, that says Williams on it, that's interesting. Very good. Right, have we got any more children? Can we have some down the front? No. If this works, it will be a miracle. No. Right, where's the angel of the Lord? Okay. Right, so you guys need to follow this. Yeah, we have a plan, don't worry. Okay? Okay. And when your part comes, you're going in, you know that, don't you? Yeah. Oh yeah, Peter, we need a mic. Right, the angel of the Lord, you need to come over here. You're the Jewish leaders, aren't you? Where's Jesus? Who's Jesus? Right. Okay. Are we ready? So. We're going to read. I'll give you a copy. So you know what's going on. This has been months in planning, as you can tell. We haven't planned at all. No, I know we haven't. <laughs> That's normal for church in a peak. <laughs> Right, are we ready? So, okay, so we're going to read it out and they're going to act it. 
Jesus returned to Jerusalem to the pool of Bethesda on one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porticos, which will be up there later. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches waiting for a certain movement of the water. For an angel of the Lord, da-da, came down from time to time and stirred up the water. Stir up the water. Go on. Stir up the water. Very good. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> okay, you can go back and stand there for a sec. Okay, an angel of the Lord came down and stirred the water, and the first person who stepped into the water after it was stirred was healed of whatever disease he had. So, come on. The water is still stirring. Someone needs to get in and be miraculous. No, not you. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Right, that was just a practice. Let's try that again. From time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down into the waters and stir the waters. Thank you. Okay. And then the first person that gets in is miraculously healed. Well done. Very good. Okay, well done. Excellent. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. Audience participation as well. It's like being a pantomime, isn't it? That's, uh, <laughs> when Jesus saw him, he knew he had been ill for a long time. So he asked him, Would you like to get well? And the sick man replied, I, I can't say it, for I had no one to tell me this before. When water drinks up, someone always gets ill and goes me. Pick up your mat. <laughs> Julia, can you tell him how to speak properly? <laughs> Pick up your mat. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat. Instantly. <laughs> He rolled up his sleeping mat. No, he doesn't need to go in the water. <laughs> He's been healed. <laughs> and begins walking. So can you walk round for us to show that you've been healed? Very good. 
Right, Jewish leaders. The man didn't know that Jesus had disappeared into the crowd, but afterwards Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, Now you are well, so stop sinning or, or anything even worse may happen to you. So the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him, for he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his Father, thereby making himself equal with God. Okay, can we have a round of applause? Thank you, guys. Brilliant. You can take a seat now. Afterwards, yeah. Afterwards, not now. Grab a seat. No. You can stay there, that's fine. Just don't go in. Very good. I still think we should have had the rope, though. That would have made it. Hollywood production. Okay. I've just got three things from the story that I just wanted to bring out. You know, first of all, Bethesda means house of mercy or house of grace. How good is that? House of mercy or house of grace. It was a great place for Jesus to show mercy and grace. So the first thing is verse 6. Guys, can you just keep the water still? The angel of the Lord is not stirring up at the moment. Verse 6, when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? How did Jesus know he'd been there for 38 years? Because the Holy Spirit revealed in that moment to Jesus that he had been there all that time. He could have healed any of them, but he didn't. He chose the man. If it wasn't for Jesus, the man would never have been healed. As he said by his own admission, when the angel of the Lord comes down and stirs the water, I can't get there because I'm lame and I'm at the back on my mat. If Jesus hadn't healed him, he would still be there waiting today, if you know what I mean. It is a miraculous work. It is an amazing miracle. It's brilliant. You see, Jesus didn't use what was available. What was available was that Jesus could have sat next to him and said, next time the waters come in, I'll throw you in. You'll be the first one. But he doesn't do that. This is Jesus showing in all his glory. You see, often in our own lives, we look at what is available, what are our circumstances and we think, how can we work this out 
How can God work this out? We look at the circumstances and that is all we see. This guy's circumstances were impossible. He was never going to get healed. That day was just like every other day for the last 38 years. Who is, is anyone here 38? Really? <laughs> is he 38? No, he's not. <laughs> Your dad's 51. I don't think he is. <laughs> but that 38 years is a long, long time. This day was just like any other day. He was going to sit by the pool. He was going to perhaps see other people healed, but he wasn't going to get healed until Jesus comes and changes everything. Guys, can you keep the water down? I spoke a few months back on my situation that I was going through at the time and I'd said to somebody uh, I think it was Peter actually or one of the elders I said to them the problem is in this circumstance that they hold all the aces meaning I had no hope of getting it changed they hold all the aces you know that phrase that we use they've got all the power they've got all the control and as I walked out of that meeting God said to me who holds all the aces? Just like that. And I knew in my heart that God holds all the aces. Not the circumstances. Not the 38 years that have gone before. Not the, power that, the fact that all the power seemed to be in their hands. God holds all the aces. Because he doesn't rely on the natural he relies on the supernatural. That's why this guy was healed, because in a moment he met with Jesus and was healed. He didn't have to wait for the angel. Jesus healed him there and then on the spot. What an amazing miracle. Brilliant. God holds all the aces. No matter what your circumstances are, no matter if you can't see a way out, God has the answer this morning. And that is true for all of us. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Have you ever stopped to read that slowly? Infinitely more than we ask or think. Now you may ask for things from God, and generally, those are going to be pretty small. You may have a massive amount of faith and ask for something really big, but in our minds, I think, we actually think of God as bigger in our minds. So what he is saying is that whatever you think, God is bigger than that. Infinitely bigger than even our minds can imagine. That's who, we, that's who God is. He doesn't rely on circumstances. He doesn't rely on what looks in front of us because he's a supernatural God. Verse 8, Jesus says to him, Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. This is a huge step of faith for this guy. Have you ever sat on the sofa or been in bed and slept on your leg? 
and uh, you get up to walk and suddenly realise that your leg's not working and you're kind of all over the place. It goes to sleep, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know what it's like, don't you? <laughs> That's just for two hours, perhaps, where you've been sitting and watching the film or something. 38 years, this guy's legs were shot. Do you know the Greek word for paralysed is xeron? Do you know what that means? Dried up and withered. That's what this guy's legs were like. They were dried up. They were withered. They were useless. They had no power in them at all. And yet when God comes and heals this guy, suddenly he can stand up and he can walk straight away. That is creator God. He creates muscle. He creates the bones in the right place. He is instantly healed by the power of God. What blessed me was that he just does it. He didn't argue with God. He didn't argue with Jesus. Hold on a minute, Jesus. I've been here 38 years. You got any idea what my legs are like? You got any idea what you're asking me to do? I think that's what we're like. I think that's what we're like. We question God all the time. Hold on a minute, God. Do you know what my circumstances are? Do you know how difficult this is? Do you know what I'm going through every single day? Do you know God? As though he doesn't know, because of course he does know, and as though he can't do anything about it, because of course he can do something about it. Because he's king over all the earth. He's king over your circumstances. Faith has to be exercised for the miracle to be realized. Faith has to be exercised for the miracle to be realized. The same in our lives. We need to exercise our faith. Step out and see what Jesus can do. Don't limit him by what you can see and the normal. We have a supernatural God. And finally, verse 14, he says, Now you are well. So stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. The man was miraculously, physically healed, but that wasn't enough. Jesus says his heart needs to be changed. Yes, his legs were working. Yes, he could walk. An amazing miracle. But also, his heart needs to be changed. Jesus tells him to stop sinning. We need a changed heart, all of us. And only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can come. And this was the point the Jewish leaders could not cope with. They could almost cope with the fact that he could do miracles, but what they couldn't cope with was that he would say to people, your sins are forgiven you. Your sins are forgiven. And he did it so many times. They just could not cope with that because it meant he was putting himself in the same place as Father God, as Jehovah, who forgives sins. They take no joy in the healing whatsoever. They couldn't care about the man at all. There's no joy here about the fact that this guy's been healed and can walk after 38 years. All they're interested in is the letter of the law that he picked up his mat on the Sabbath and walked with him, which was one of their rules, not one of God's rules. They'd made it up. One of their rules. And all the joy 
in this miracle is gone. Jesus comes and changes everything for that guy for the rest of his life. And let that be your testimony this morning, that Jesus has come and changed everything in your life. The man had new legs and a new heart. It's getting a bit out of control, isn't it? (laughs) Control your child. Okay, final verse. Ezekiel 36 says this, and this is what God says to the children of Israel. I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit within you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart and I will put my spirit within you. This was God's promise to Israel, but it's also his promise to us this morning. If you don't know Jesus this morning, he is here to take our hard hearts and soften them through Jesus Christ. He is the way to the Father. Okay. Steve. Never work with children or animals. <laughs>